We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And I hope somebody has some guts in, in the White House organization, if they have son, to tell him before spring training could give him a call. And I think they did. I don't know. I hope they did. So listen, bro, you're going to be LDH. You're going to be LDH. You like it or not, that's all you can do. You cannot play. You, you, you prove off wrong for the last three years to put you in the outfield. <laughs> Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. We've got Zach Saban in for David this morning. That, of course, is the voice of Ozzie Guillen talking about uh, about Aloy. Pretty funny stuff. And uh and, and let's hope someone has the guts. Uh, we are delighted to welcome in a senior producer from NBC Sports Chicago. He is the White Sox content head. And you hear him on the White Sox Talk podcast. Ryan McGuffey joins us now on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. Hey, Ryan, how are you this morning? I'm good. What's going on, boys? Well, I, I you know, I... I, I don't know why I, I find myself increasingly triggered by anything connected to the White Sox. I, I mean, I know why. It's because I grew up a Sox fan. You know, you got childhood allegiances, and it's it's too late to do anything about it now. But uh, that Aloy thing, I mean, there's a worse story, and we'll get to it. But that Aloy thing, what the heck? I mean, I, I, do you want to see Aloy out in right field? What? <laughs> I mean, look, we don't really want to see him out in left field and <laughs> in right in right fields. You know, it, it, that's even a, a, a tougher corner spot to play. I, I don't mind him saying that he's preparing to play in the outfield. It's a little bit more concerning when you hear him say that he won't accept the DH thing, um, because look, let's face it. I mean, the White Sox need Aloy Menes's bat in the lineup probably I would argue more than any other player on the team because he's the one guy that has shown that he can fall into 40 now we haven't seen him do it over a course of 140 games you know I'm asking for 140 as I said that the other day on the on the podcast I'm, which is 22 games that he can miss I'm asking for 140 he said on the, in a zoom the other day he wants to play 150 well let's just be frank if he's playing right field Odds are strongly against. It's probably will he play 150 games? I'd say it's probably minus 10,000 on all the sports books that no would be the answer, because he can't stay healthy and they need his bat in the lineup. You know, as, as much as anyone, because what he did in the second half, you guys, he was one of the most dangerous hitters. If you look at OPS, it was like Aaron Judge and Aloya Menace. I mean, he he had an OPS over, in, I believe, somewhere over a thousand, and he was popping home runs left and right, and, and in a very limited sample size, and he was driving the ball to the gaps. That's what the White Sox need to see. What we don't need to see from White Sox players is, you know, what I'm sick of seeing, guys, are the tweets that say in his first 162 games, Luis Robert, you know, here's his slash line. Well, the problem is those 162 games are over three seasons. Right. It needs to happen right. over one. See, that's why I, I just think that ultimately 
it's going to be very easy to convince Aloy to be a designated yeah. hitter because it's the numbers at the plate that are going to get him paid, not what he does out yep. in the field. Yeah, you nailed it, Zach. And, you know, I was saying this to Chuck the other day. The one, you know, the another elephant in the room is there's a lot being put on Oscar Colas to just kind of be the guy. I think I, I'm a pump the brakes person when it comes to Oscar Colas because he's played seven games at AAA. And I know he's an older player in terms of years, but it's still about experience. And we've seen guys come up on both sides of town and have that, you know, here comes the next four or five to a player and not been able to live up to it. The one thing about Colas that the White Sox aren't asking for him to be is a cleanup hitter that has to hit 300 with 30 and 100. He could hit 245, hit 7th, 8th, or ninth in that lineup and just play a solid right field. The problem is if he struggles immensely, I don't think he will, but let's say he struggles immensely in spring and he's hitting you know, under 200 and he just doesn't look right and he needs to get more at-bats in Charlotte, who is your right fielder? Because I asked – I asked that the other day to check on the podcast. And I, well, who is the answer? I don't, I mean, Gavin Sheets. And, and oh, we've yeah. heard Rick say, yeah, I know. We've heard Rick say that you can't keep playing first baseman in the corner outfielders, in the corner outfield spots. So, you know, in that instance, you don't want to just throw a guy in right field in a just because you have to either. So it's a really slippery slope that you're asking Oscar Colas to be, you know, the guy. I just, you got to, you got to look out for a guy in case he, he just can't handle it, you know, April and May. Ryan, uh, obviously the Mike Clevenger thing has triggered everyone. I mean, it's just an yeah. awful story. The idea that uh, he's under MLB investigation, allegations of domestic abuse, child abuse, uh, the mother of his youngest child, and apparently there's there's uh, more to it. We'll find out more about that moving forward. My initial reaction well, I felt shame because my first name is Mike, too. I feel like he's brought shame to all of us named Mike. Uh, no, I, I hated it, and I wanted them to just get rid of him. And, I, um, you know, people are pushing back and telling you that you're judging people before. I just – it's a yeah. one-year deal. I, I just didn't want anything to do with it. And, and it wasn't until I read uh, James Feagan yesterday in The Athletic where he kind of explained uh, what they can do and can't do, et cetera. I, it, it's just a – it is a uh, a really um, kind of weird story. I guess the ball's in Manfred's court, and we'll see what happens. And you got to wait for things to unfold. But it's uh, it's really the, the 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 worst thing that you can hear. Frankly, it's just awful. Yeah, it's awful, and it's never a situation that you want to hear a player, an individual, or a team have to go through. And in this case, right. it's just, it's nothing but you know. I'm not going to like sort through the he said, she said stuff of it, but there's, you know, smoke and fire and these things tend to, it's, it's very messy and there's a lot of accusations and just a lot of unnecessary stuff that the white Sox don't need. And you're talking about what, three to four weeks, three weeks from now, this going into Glendale and being a story, like when pitchers and catchers report and Zach, you know, this with the Cubs, Mm -hmm. this is the last story that players want to walk into camp and everyone's going to be asking people about it. You know, the, the guys in the rotation, guys in the, in the lineup. And Clevenger's a guy that has just been a White Sox for a couple of months. No one's going to be able to answer anything. And you're trying to change the narrative of, of the last two years and certainly last year in this organization. And then you have this dark cloud. I just don't see a scenario. I'm just giving you my opinion here. I just don't see why – 
he pitches for the White Sox. I, I just you don't need this type of press, and I don't know how it's going to play out for him in, in in public opinion. But well, I do know how it's playing out in public opinion, but more more so in Major League Baseball. And look, every time this guy takes the mound, whether it's in another town or in Chicago, it's just an ugly look. You know, it's an ugly look. And, get, and you know, you guys, you know, away from our jobs, we're, we're, we have families and. And then, and you read these details, and and I don't know who's who's right or wrong here, but it's 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 super messy, it's super ugly, and I just think it's an unnecessary. The White Sox have no ties to Mike Clevenger. They didn't draft him, they didn't develop him. He's not a core member of the team. It's a one-year deal. You know, you cut the ties, you move on, and you have to figure out that spot. And and you and you just that's it. It's a clean break, and you don't deal with this crap. And this go and it's a way. It should be a, a call for anybody, whether it's you know a guy that's a core member of your team or a guy you signed as a free agent or traded for, this stuff is not tolerated in this organization, and we don't like this kind of news. So, Is there a belief that MLB might, might step in here to prevent the, the, this media circus and yeah. that, that could, will probably begin when the White Sox report to Glendale? Yeah, Zach, I think, I mean, look, I, I think with the calendar, it makes too much sense, right? Now, <laughs> saying that and and major league baseball that always you know making too much sense in major league baseball don't always go hand in hand but i think in this case in order to protect the organization and the players and and the new coaching staff and and everything i I don't think you can have him walking into camelback ranch with this thing unsettled you know if this thing is still under investigation i just don't see how that benefits anybody in the organization having him out there on the backfields and going through you know, workouts and, and having to deal with the media every day and, and having this looming cloud as details come out or, or, or as, you know, as the, as the case is solved or not solved. I'm with you on that. I just think I expect some kind of, whether it's even, even if it's administrative leave, some kind of resolution. So when the White Sox walk into uh, Camelback Ranch in a few weeks, that this thing is at least settled in a way that they can just go out and play baseball. Yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, it's been a rough off season. It just, it, it, it's yeah. just to see a Brayu leave, and you know, obviously he got paid a ton of money, but the Sox don't need him. They got a bunch of guys. Okay, uh, they cancel Sox Fest. They're mm-hmm. still, you know, you're you're right about just kind of crossing your fingers and hoping with. Uh, with the right fielder, they haven't had right fielder in forever, and I hope Colas is the answer. But I thought they'd sign someone better than Marisnik. You know, I, I I just don't understand it. Um, second base, you know, you hear Nicky Lopez. They're interested in the guy's not even no. starting for that team. You know, yeah, Nick, exactly. Nick He's a utility guy for a rebuilding team. Yeah, yeah. let's let's trade for Nick Madrigal. I I mean, I, this stuff just sits there and. I don't know who's playing second base. I know they've got prospects. Liam Hendricks, that is just a terrible story. Horrible. Poor guy. Yeah. God bless him. You know, we pray for him. I, I'm just saying it's just like this – it's just this horrible feeling. Like, I don't know. I don't – like as a Sox fan, there's been as much or more negative as positive. And it's – I don't – it's no one. No one's fault someone has cancer – it's no one's right. fault about, you know, their failure. They've used up the money, whatever. But, God, it's hard to follow this team and feel good about it. I compare it to the weather in Chicago. It's like four months of just miserable gray, 
and you're just waiting. Like opening day is kind of like the one thing we hang our hat on and just wait for, and then it's snow, snowing on opening day. So that's kind of what I compare the White Sox offseason to, except it's just dark cloud after dark cloud after dark cloud. And and going back all the way, like you said, like Sox Fest being canceled. You know, like when Cubs convention happened a few weeks ago, yeah. I had like I, I legit had envy because of the buzz. Those conventions are outstanding for one thing. They give you that like last bump before spring training. They give you that jolt like, hey, the holidays are over. Baseball's around the corner. Everyone feels good and you know across the country that their team is gonna you know have an unexpected run, and you feel good. And you know Sox Fest, Cubs convention, all of that, whether it's good or bad. Like the Cubs, you know, the Cubs have brought in a lot of guys. So there's an energy there, and for the fa- to give that to the fans before spring training, I think was great. And I, it's just really disappointing that the White Sox didn't have that same opportunity. And let the fans like that's a time. Let the fans voice their frustrations, concerns. Because you can hit them head on, change the narrative, and let them leave for the weekend going, you know what? I think there's a chance. But instead, it's just been one thing after another. And you're kind of relying on the same guys to turn it around. And I think there's a lot of people that are Sox fans are just kind of in – it's not even prove-it mode anymore, Molly. I mean, you know you watch this team every day. It's beyond prove-it mode. Like you're just so fed up with some of these guys staying on the field or lack thereof that you don't even believe it if you see it. Like, you get to July, and if somebody's actually played three months, that's a win in itself. Whether or not they're hitting 275 with 25 bombs, I feel like that's icing on the cake at this point. So it's really frustrating when you see the teams in the division, specifically the Twins and the Guardians, going out and make minor, you know, big, well, yeah, Correa with the Twins, but – you know, Josh Bell with the Guardians. The Guardians aren't going anywhere. They play that style of baseball. It's, but quite frankly, I've, I'd love Stephen Kwan times nine on the White Sox. And it's just kind of, it's just a very, it just feels very flat. And this team could, they, they could turn it around. They could, they could be a 2020, 2021 team that gets hot and all these guys play to expectations and they pitch to expectations and they win the AL Central. But everyone has seen so much of this over the course of the last two plus seasons that you're kind of just like, I don't know, we'll wait and see. And here we are. We're waiting and seeing. Great stuff, Ryan. It's so true. Thank you for, for the uh for the session. I feel like I should have laid down on the couch <laughs> yeah. as I talked to you. <laughs> Fifteen dollar copay, Mike. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you a ton. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.